Hello and welcome to episode 24 of DIY Cinema Cult. It's Mark here, I'm doing a very, very brief intro uh, to this episode because it's a bit different than our usual episodes. Erin and I did go out and do our uh, drunken magical Christmas stroll as we traditionally do around this time of year. Uh, but what happened was this year we got maybe a bit too drunk, recorded far too much stuff and what I ended up with was a kind of black box recording of the previous evening so when I came home I had like absolute tons and tons of stuff to go through. Anyway, I've cut it down for you um, and, and this is going to be part one of our Perineum Black Box Recorder which is also an excellent band name I must take note of. Anyway, I'd also like to apologise the sound quality on these next two episodes you know it was very windy up the top of Ali Pali and number two once we had a bit of drink in us I was very bad my sound recording techniques went out the window uh, the recorder was just stuffed in my bag and then the levels were getting knocked uh, you know and I wasn't monitoring it properly which is why we sometimes sound like mad Daleks and listen out for on this episode um, a very drunk family from Yorkshire sliding down a muddy hill towards our bench as we, as we were recording the episode which I think you would agree makes for a very fun and Christmassy uh, interruption. Anyway without further ado here is episode one of the Perineum Black Box Recorder. Come follow us on our journey to get a low budget DIY feature film from script to screen and beyond. And beyond. Nobody, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> Look at yourselves, they're realistically, nobody's going to give you that money. Nobody. You don't know who the fuck you are. It's a complete risk. You are unknown. This is our first feature film, something we're going to do together. Uh, you're going to get it warts and all. <laughs> For now, you're just some pair of videos like everyone else. It's all about making something out of nothing. I kind of think we could. Never wait for permission, just stuff. This is DIY Cinema Cult. To hear in the distance uh, the chance of darts fans coming out of Valley Pali. Me and Aaron decided to meet at the top of Valley Pali to have a sunset uh, to celebrate our final episode of the year with a sunset over London, but of course the darts is kicking out and we are surrounded by thousands of darts fans <laughs> and darts fans tend to be uh, very drunk middle-aged men dressed as dogs, sharks, crayons, we've seen a pack of crayons. A uh, lot of the Simpsons weird. Simpsons characters. Bart Simpson, Homer Simpson, um, Marge Simpson. Yeah. Uh, you can hear the distant kind of uh, dulcet tones yeah. of many a drunken chap. We did uh, We did decide to maybe meet at the very top of Valley Pally. There's a lovely pub called the Phoenix, but of course pubs for these guys are like <laughs> catnip. And of course, once the pub, once the bar was, someone saw the bar was open, it's been flooded. It's been flooded. Before. And I think the interesting thing is that as an area goes, mm. this is... Um, it could be described as a lugubrious yeah. kind of area. It's a very kind of nice middle-class area, Alexander Palace. Yeah. Uh, Mark and I now live either side of the palace from each other. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, most of the time it's joggers. It's um, people kind of walking their dogs. Yeah. It's mums pushing prams. That's right. It's quite a lot of fitness people. 
but for this weird week, this weird week in the middle of Christmas, the, in the, the frosty perineum, as we now call it, yeah, it sort of gets transformed. It does, doesn't it? I came there, when I was looking for you earlier, I walked this way. We're currently at the bus, uh, the bus stops where a lot of them are kind of congregating. And I was, uh, a bunch of lads came past me and went, hey, can we, uh, can you take us, can you take our picture, mate? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, no problem. And so, uh, and then one of them went, you're going to run off with it, are you? <laughs> to, which, to which I did a comedy act like I was about to run off. They yeah. laughed. Yeah. Still, I've still got it. Still got the lad bands. Oh, nice. And yeah. then a, a bunch of girls came past and said, do you want me to take your picture? Mm. I'll take it. And I said, uh, I said, what, you think I'm with this lot? I've never been so insulted all my life. <laughs> to which there's more uh, lad laughs. I've still got the lad bands there. You got it? Yeah, still got it. Still oh, got it. it could have really gone wrong, couldn't it? <laughs> it could have gone so wrong. You could have just got your tone of voice a little bit wrong <laughs> and before you know it, you'd have just been being battered to death by Homer Simpson. I know, I hadn't really thought about... Santa. I hadn't really thought about what a kind of dodgy, uh, dodgy approach that was, just to kind of take the piss out of them. Yeah. while I had their camera in Well, my you're hands, obviously, but... you know, you're flying. You, you've got, <laughs> you've st still got the sharpness that you need to navigate a, uh, a drunken oh. pack of Marge Simpsons. So, uh, know, good, I'm good not on sure you. sure about our chances of finding a quiet place to sit down. We're now just passing through the bushes with yeah. grown men pissing in. Well, I'm not quite sure where we're going to get anything. We might need to head south, mate. We, we might have to go south. So. Yeah, I think if we go that way, we're going to, we're going to get to the station. So if we if we head that way, yeah, yeah, I feel like way. we might be slightly sane. Here we go. Here we go. So as we pass underneath the famous um, television tower yeah. of uh, Ali Pali, which used to broadcast all of the BBC's uh, That's right. output, I think it actually broadcast the very first pictures. So I believe, yeah, television pictures. Um, uh, and you know, being of a sort of musical persuasion, I'm always. Um, been slightly fascinated by the um, the famous uh, Technicolored, what was it described as? 1967, sort of the start of the kind of hippie uh, yeah. psychedelia movement in a way. It's called the Amazing Technicolored Dream or something, and it was you know, yes, there's pictures, famous pictures of John Lennon walking around, and yeah, they uh, do. Um, Pink Floyd played, and they, people were clearly in, in all sorts of psychedelic states or another. They used to have, they used to have they used to have psychedelic parties that lasted for days, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, there's a big sort of poster up there of uh, Mick, uh, Mick Jagger. Yeah, kind of strutting his stuff on those uh, on that very stage. It's yeah. also burnt down a few times, isn't it, Ali? Yeah. Pan? Well, the sun is kind of setting now, which is quite nice. It's like the sun setting on 2021. Yes. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are again in another, not as, this isn't as frosty as no. the last perineum we did. No, definitely think? not as frosty. I think it was today, there was almost parts of it that were balmy, yeah. frankly. We, we could rebrand it as the balmy perineum this yeah, year. It was, it's, been, it's been quite, quite nice. Uh, I do remember coming out to meet you last year and it being absolutely freezing it cold. Was, yeah, it was proper cold. And we were still in that weird situation where we actually f weren't physically allowed to be nearer than two metres. Yeah. So we were kind of wandering around with our cable attached to each other. And I remember That's kind right. of thinking, oh, we kind of got to keep a bit of a healthy <laughs> distance, haven't we? Which is a slightly surreal thing. We're still not totally out of all that stuff. No. But 
It definitely is slightly different, isn't it? We kind of almost want to back around and go. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Let's. Well, we can kind of manage. Here we go. We're going cross country now, our listeners. Cross country in London is basically just a slightly muddy connection between two paths. uh, How's Kate's toe? So yeah, I mean, we had a comedy uh, meetup, didn't we, a couple of days ago? Yeah, um, me and Debbie and Jude came round to yours, and me and Debbie. Now, I don't know if anyone else out there suffers from this, but when I kind of me and Debbie it appears whenever we kind of log off you know clock off to the, the grid as it were yeah and and uh, on a kind of freewheeling through Christmas and New Year we kind of completely lose our senses when it comes to time and <laughs> scheduling and we arrived at your house for one o'clock but we were, it was actually 20 past 12 and, and yeah. we even thought we were a bit late it was uh, and you looked horrified as I you opened the door and you were like, <laughs> I thought we said one o'clock and we were like, Yeah, you did, isn't it one o'clock? I thought it was like twenty past one. I was an hour early. I've never I've never known him to be quite so early before. And uh, and, and actually for us, for, for Kate and I, we were we were pretty well prepared yeah. in comparison to what things are normally like, as in, you know, the flat was tidy, we were kind of uh, cooking away. Yeah. But the only one thing is that, that Kate and I had Neither of us had had a shower yet. And so Kate, in her haste, kind of jumped into the shower as she realised you two were coming up the stairs. And at at that very moment, smashed her already weakened little toe. Oh, my God. And has dislocated it and and completely uh, broken it. Oh, so it is kind of broken as well. It's not Broken, yeah, sadly. So... um, so it was an interesting start. Should we take a little sip? Yeah, let's have, have a little sip because I'm quite enjoying this kind of sunset vibe. Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely an interesting start. But Kate, the trooper she is, just kind of ploughed on and was like, I'll go to the A&E afterwards. Yeah. Uh, just, it'll be fine. And I was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, I'll be fine. It's like, okay. And uh, so we had dinner. Uh, I think it might be time for a top up then, Mark. Yeah, it is. Well, do you want? I've got. Uh, uh, I have got. I've got gin in a can, and I've got uh, Bailey's. What do you What do you fancy? Bailey's. Oh my god, that sounds like a pudding. Come on, because I've a bit of pudding. Just. I, to... I'm not sure. I'm pudding. <laughs> I think I'll go for the main course. Shall first. we do our first of our DIY cinema cult Christmas crackers? Oh. What's this? this? This is our this is our work party, shall we say? This is our this is our work drinks. We do, generally, work we drinks. don't get to do these sorts of things, do we? Or no. Freelancers the world over don't really get to um, to do these sorts of things. So um, yeah, we, I'm glad we're taking. I mean, I, I've put I've put some kind of New Year's <laughs> Christmassy questions. They're very small, aren't they? They're amazing. I, I've put so, I've put questions in there, but I didn't. I couldn't manage to get the jokes or the hats out. So we <laughs> still have to bear the joke, the kind of Christmas cracker joke. Okay, here. here we go. Oh, oh you win, of course. I should have put the mic to that. Sorry, I'll, I'll do that. Okay, here's our first, our so first Mark, question. Mark has kind of, in a very DIY way, kind of made a cracker or has kind adopted, of. adapted a I've cracker. I've adapted a cracker, which is which is very DIY. Which is very say. DIY, yeah. You know, use what you have and all of that. I'm going to tell thing. the joke first because uh, yeah. that's the tradition, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, which dog always... Always wins the race. Which dog? Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, we were on Christmas Day. We were we were doing a lot <laughs> of crackers, and the kids loved to 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 guess them. To guess them, and so we got quite sharp. And I think that was one of those ones that I remember the answer for, but it's completely and utterly 
bypass my memory now which one always wins the race and it's going to really annoy me. Oh, you're going to kick yourself. It's the one with the most comfortable lead. That's one. <laughs> There's only seven jokes in Crackers and that was one of them. I can't believe I've forgotten that. But what we That was rotten. But what we do have is a great question here, which is, okay. what is the best dad present you have given yourself this Christmas? Because oh. as a dad, as a fellow dad, I know that the best presents you always get every year, the ones you buy yourself, yeah. in October, November time, in the lead up to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and you tell yourself that it's your Christmas present your to Christmas yourself. Present. Yeah. So, well, what's I, yours? Um, I noticed this trend happening a few years back. And I mm. remember going, it used to be that other people would give me Christmas presents. And now I kind of have to buy myself something if it's to be something that kind of is good. Yeah. So, but it's the best way. Because I, I mean, I don't think it's been rare that I've, Received like a brilliant, brilliant Christmas a present. Kicking present. Uh, you, you, you were always the best person to buy for yourself. Yeah, let's face it. Right? This is true. Yeah, this is true. In a, you know, it, it, it's a little bit sad, but basically nobody knows quite what you want. Mm. Um, I did kind of make requests, which meant I did get good presents from from uh, Kate, for example. Yeah. So, and you know, in true North London um, middle class. Uh, fashion, I did get a kombucha making kit this oh, year. Oh yeah, Kate did tell me that one. So, you know, I can't complain on that front. I think that's pretty good. Um, and she got a sushi making kit. She got a so sushi making kit, so we're kind of, um, you know, we are... That is very kind of kind of Muswell Hill We're class. going all the way Muswell Hill there. Sushi um, and kombucha night. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go crazy! <laughs> but, um, what did I get myself? In fact, what I did in the end was stop myself getting something for myself. Ooh, very good. I nearly bought myself, and then I realised it would be an enormous distraction in my life, is I nearly bought myself the new Behringer R3, I think it's called, and it's basically a clone of the classic Acid House baseline oh. box. Oh but rather word. than the many thousands of pounds that it goes for for the vintage variation, you get the cheap knockoff version yeah and it only costs 89 quid oh my god and there was everything in me was saying just buy it why not it's just 89 quid you'd spend that on a hard oh, drive and you wouldn't you? even think about it why didn't you what, and why didn't i because i suddenly realized it would be the most distracting thing going i so do I stop myself buying the dad present this year i actually what do. about you well i actually kind of do know what you mean because i had a couple of things i wanted to buy and i realized that I guess, I guess what, what you're talking about is you've got so much on at the moment yeah. in terms of your film yeah. that you don't need another layer of distraction to. Yeah, yeah I totally get that. And, and and I was thinking the same thing, but I did give in to my present that I get bought myself, which was a subscription to Masterclass. Oh, and I just gave mine up this year. You're joking, <laughs> did you? So I've, I've always wanted to do it. And I think yeah. first, when it first came out, you could only get like one course for 90 quid or 60 quid or something yeah. prohibitive. And there was anyway. only basically four things on there. Yeah. yeah but then since they ago. moved it to like a yearly or monthly or annual yeah. subscription and it becomes more like a streaming service, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can just, I'll get it for a year yeah. and I'll do a James Brown. I'll hit it and quit it. I'll just do loads and loads in yeah. a year and then cancel it. Yeah. And so I bought myself that and I've been absolutely caning it in the last yeah. couple of weeks and months, actually. Yeah, yeah. What have you watched? I've done Herzog, yep. David Lynch, yep. Mark Scorsese, Spike Lee, yep. uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. Um, I've kind of just done all the. I've been doing all, all the film. filmmakers. I'm starting now on Aaron Sorkin because I'm starting yep. to do writing things Story, as well. Yeah. 
but brilliant. I mean, absolutely kind of loved it. What were the ones you must have seen them? Well, yeah, I think I've done all of the above. Yeah. Um, you know, the Herzog is great. Herzog's kind of frustrating in, in a classic Herzog way in that he basically says, there are no rules. Ignore everybody. Make it up yourself. Be brave, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're a bit like, oh, come on, tell me a few rules. Yeah, come yeah, Come on, yeah. Werner. But yeah. at the same time, completely brilliant. Obviously, Uncle David, we love, is um, is just mesmerising. Oh. Don't really mind what he says. I'll just listen. Just he, watches over it's you just his voice way. is so hypnotic. It yeah. puts you in such a, a frame of mind. The Herzog one was great, although I agree with you. Like, If you'd read like A Guide for the Perplexed, his book, which it's is kind amazing. of it's everything. He kind of says, which is amazing, but there's nothing. You don't really get anything new from the masterclass. But I yeah. just love that. You're just listening. You're just watching him speak. We're watching him speak exactly six hours or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and Scorsese's good. I think there's quite a lot of meat on the bone in, in yeah. the Scorsese one. I mean, what I loved about them, obviously, is that um, you know they've clearly not scrimped on the production value, yeah. and they've got kind of the biggest names you could ever really ask for. Yeah, as in you know, you know, it's not. A YouTuber doing it for a change. Yes, exactly. And I think yeah. that was probably the concept behind it was well, we hear it's a lot premium. of YouTubers telling yeah, yeah. you how to make a film, but frankly, all that they've shown that they can do is make a YouTube channel. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But what about if you got people who you all respect all their mm. films, love all their films? So in that sense, I think it's, it's it is amazing. One of the most useful I've actually found is uh, particularly making a doc at the moment is Ken Burns. One. Oh right, yeah, he's on my list. Of yeah. One, yeah, partly because obviously he's got the best bowl haircut on earth. Yes, it's an amazing like play people <laughs> bowl haircut. <laughs> he uh, must he must trim like pop, you know like a kind of banzai tree every day. Probably. Yeah, it's a no nonsense haircut. It's a just get the hair out of my eyes and then it's fine. I can keep working. <laughs> But uh, for because actually I think that in a way there's a lot more out there for dramatic film mm. than there is for documentary making, um, and because I'm sort of new to making a documentary, although I've obviously been doing this for a little while, there is a bit of me is like, well, I've watched loads of documentaries, but how yeah. do you set about organising your thoughts for this thing? Or, and of course they're all different, and yeah, you know, here's a very uh, narrative driven with a voiceover yeah so they tend to be all driven through a script a master script mm -hmm. which to be totally honest i'm a bit too lazy to do mm. because it means writing something uh and before you even start editing you know and i'm yeah, sort yeah. of i'm a little bit lazy but fascinating to hear particular approaches and structure and the fact that he uses very much the same approach as a dramatic filmmaker as in there is uh, everything is a sort of like a fractal level. Mm. There is the beats, there is the scenes, there is the chapters, there is the acts, there is the mm. overall structure. And all of those, in a way, have got to have some uh, change or reveal or something yeah, is yeah. going to occur as a result. Obviously, he's quite an academic filmmaker, but what it struck me was like, it was great to hear that, that there's so many parallels between... Yeah dramatic storytelling in the narrative uh, fictional way and documentary yeah too. i want to get into some of those documentary ones i know what well, Werner touched on it a little bit in mm. his 
and he was kind of saying the same thing. It was he, he was very much into bending fact into some kind yes. of narrative and kind he of calls it poetic narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, poetic, yeah, yeah. poetic truth. Yeah. But yeah. um, the, I mean, probably the one, the one I watched first and probably the one I got the most out of was Ron Howard's one because yeah. simply he's such a um, technician in a way he, uh, or or just a kind of, how, how would you describe him? Just as a, a real kind of well-crafted jobbing director. Like he's yeah. got no, Spike Lee, Mike Scorsese, even Bernard Herzog, they're, they're all about their personality. Yes. Whereas Ron Howard is a technically brilliant Hollywood director let's say yeah and you can give him any he's a safe pair of hands and he could do any big budget blockbuster or what have you yeah so what his one was kind of interesting because his was all about right let's you know he, he'll give his little chats to camera and then half of it maybe two or three hours of it was given up to him in a studio uh, blocking out a, it was a scene he'd done in Frost Nixon mm. uh, and he and he hired a bunch of actors and he was like right I'm not going to do it like I did in the film. Let's just treat it like a new script. I've never seen it before. Mm, mm. And you just watch him block it out with actors who've never really studied the script before, don't, mm. who've seen the movie, but don't really know it too well. And he does it in, what was fascinating about the way he did it was he did it in a number of different ways. He goes, right, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to cover it how I would probably cover it a bit like I did in the film. Mm. Now we're going to do, we're going to spend half an hour doing it with Steadicam. How would I do it in like one shot? And then right at the end, he does, right, what if this was a no-budget or low-budget feature? We've run out of, we, we can't, we're running out of time to make the day. We've mm. got half an hour to shoot this entire thing that we just spent four hours doing a study of. And he just shows you how he would break it down. Yeah. And I found that fascinating mm -hmm. and, and quite kind of um, insightful just because he is this director who is this, he's Mr. Hollywood, isn't he, at the yeah. moment, really, when it comes to kind of yeah, yeah. film directing. I think as well, because blocking, again, is one of those things that you don't really get to see much talked about. Mm. Um, and with, you know, again, with the sort of YouTube uh, world that we're in, what you see a lot about is, oh, you know, three-point lighting and yeah. shallow depth of field and gimbals and stuff like that. Yeah. So all of that stuff is all fine. But what you realise, what really makes those Hollywood movies is kind of the choreography of yeah. the camera the actors the lights uh and you know there's a sort of fluidity level yeah that is so well crafted in those movies because it comes from the days when everything was done on a crane yeah yeah everything had a um had you know weight underneath the camera because yeah. the camera was massive and you had to have a truck and a and a uh you know the lights were huge and so it's come from that kind of world of hollywood which is all about um effectively creating this beautiful mise-en-scene yeah uh and it all being blocked beautifully to kind of tell the story in a high production sort of yeah way, you know? yeah um so uh that stuff you don't get to see a lot you don't really uh <laughs> you're, you're right. a bit tricky isn't it Train or tube, not really. Train that way. Finsby. Oh, Finsby, that you've got to walk that way and get the bus. Yeah. Yeah, W3. Well, that way is what? It's Alexa Alexander, Alexander oh, Palace. Palace, yeah. yeah. Alexander Palace, come on. And I think you can get the train from there into 
Yeah. yeah. Frenzy Park, can't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around the hill, like, to watch that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Get back on the path. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like it's a knockout. <laughs> 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 Good luck. Good luck. Good Safe luck. journey. You are listening to the debut feature film podcast. This is DIY Cinema Cult. But what I did like about Ron Howard was, was that he. What I found quite, because obviously he's come from acting, he is an actor yeah. who has become a film director. And he was a sort of sitcom actor as well, mm. so he was very much like, it was a studio. Yeah. He was standing there, there was probably an audience there. Yeah. You know, it was all, of, the camera was pretty much flat on, but yeah, um, yeah, he he's but, probably looked at it from the other side. Have you watched his, have you watched his Masterclass one? Is that one you've seen? Not all of it. So when he goes to the studio and he starts to block things out, what I, what I really hit me was how he starts the blocking with the actors. Yeah. So he'll go, right, I want you to just do the scene. And then what he'll do is if they have an instinct like to stand up at a certain point, he goes, right, okay, I like that instinct. Let's build on that. Mm. So it starts from an actor's point of view always. Mm. He doesn't come in and say, right, this is the wide, you stand there and you stand there. It's yeah. always like he'll do a run through first yeah. and see what the actors kind of feel out for yeah, themselves, yeah. which I thought was brilliant because he's obviously come from that background. You know, he is an actor and that's yeah. probably the way yeah, he yeah. will be directed himself. So, um, I mean, I, I, I think the other thing about the masterclass is that um, I, and why I cancelled my subscription, funnily enough, we got it for ourselves about three years ago. This isn't uh, sponsored by Masterclass, by the way. It's this, definitely this, not this episode of the podcast. Because I've can I cancelled my subscription. <laughs> and we're about to hear why Masterclass. <laughs> yeah. Um, was in a way almost it's still a compliment in that I felt oh lovely. I um Again, I thought it was yet another distraction. Um, yeah. Well, this has done my thing. I, I felt the same thing about you. I was like, do I get it? And will it be beneficial and help me? Or will it just be another reason why I'm not yeah. working on a script, doing a bit of storyboarding or whatever, you know, or yeah. doing a and, bit of planning? And the, the odd thing is that I... Um, obviously, you always feel like you're learning. You feel like you're learning something from, mm. from watching stuff. Um, but I always actually feel that the effect of learning things more if i've read it yeah so it feels like you're really soaking stuff up when you watch it yeah whereas if i read it i actually feel like it's going in more somehow yeah yeah um so one dad present that i do remember that i did buy myself is a um a book on documentary editing and, ah, okay um, done by a bbc um an itv documentary editor um and again, I think it's just because it's so um, 
it's such a world that you never hear about. How does an editor, who basically is sat in front of a computer all day long, how do they mm. manage their thoughts? Because that's what editing is kind of organizing thoughts in some way. Yeah. Isn't it? Structuring mood, emotion, story, all that stuff. But to do that, you with a narrative film, you film the thing. So you decide exactly what it's going to be like. Mm. And then, yeah, it may not go exactly how you want it to. But you have this material that, that began its life in a script. So as a documentary, you gather material and then in a way it's like a big puzzle, right? Mm. It's like a massive puzzle. So as we all know, it's Christmas time, puzzles, you get this, often people like to have a huge Christmas puzzle. Yeah. Um, and at first you just think, well, that's just impenetrable and impossible. Mm. So you often start with the small thing. You go, okay, I found the corners of yeah. this puzzle. Um, and slowly you, you find the things which fit. The difference between that analogy and a documentary is actually the documentary could be reassembled in any form. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a puzzle, but it's a puzzle without a definitive end point. Yeah, and it could change halfway through. You could suddenly, something could re reveal itself to you. Yeah. And you have to be flexible enough to go, oh, I thought it was this, but actually it's this. Yeah. Um, and so, so this book has been quite helpful. Um, uh, it's literally called a guide to documentary editing. Mm. Forget the name of the author, um, but it is just—it's felt to me like it goes in a little bit more than when I watch a video, <coughs> yeah. because I'm actually watching a tutorial or I'm watching a, I'm watching personality deliver this thing, mm. as well as the information that's behind it. Whereas I'm feeling like I'm getting the information. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's got to be in a form which is kind of works. It's got to kind of go in. Mm. Um, I'm also enjoying reading for another reason. Yeah. Is because I've actually not realised that for about the last three years I'm completely fucking blind. Oh, and I fuck. can't bloody see. I can't read a book. Oh my god. And now I've just got some reading glasses, and suddenly it's like the pleasure of reading is back. <laughs> the joy, the words that I can, that I'm not squinting at. Uh, so I think from years of screen use, my my close-up yeah. uh, vision has just gone. Yeah. Uh, and now I've got some reading glasses. So suddenly books are way back on the agenda for the first yes. time in a long time. And I'm dreaming about things that are in the book, you know. It's amazing how much I've probably missed it, you mm. know. I probably haven't been reading it's finding the time for the last though, two it? years. It's finding the time as well, isn't it? I've got a stack mm. of books. Yeah. I've got two, two or three stacks of books in my bedroom books yeah. i've got to go through and i just can't find the time no. you know it's trying to find the the moments to kind of uh do it i probably should probably quit masterclass and then i could <laughs> use that as my reading time <laughs> I love the David Lynch one, obviously, just because it's yeah. David Lynch Uncle sitting David. sitting at a desk smoking fags and yeah. talking about films. Yeah. But I was, oh my god, that bit where he, uh, the, you know, he'd watch a he'd watch a bit of a film, all the lights go down. Mm. You watch the bit of film, then it lights go up, and he talks about it. And and when he watched It's a Wonderful Life, and the lights come up, and he's just got these big glistening tears in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just so moved by it. 
and he doesn't give any kind of apology or explanation. He and he just kind of carries on with the thing he's about to say, which was, you know, Jimmy Stewart. You know, when he made this film, he had just come back from war, didn't think he had it anymore, but it's just, you know, he was so perfect in this film because I love the way for David Lynch, who's who's kind of maybe portrayed wrongly as a director who's all about kind of bonkers, really mad, batshit, crazy, yeah, yeah. but really he's about real human truth really yeah and and what he loved about jimmy stewart was um how open his soul was in the film yeah and as he's explaining this he just kind of cracks again and starts to cry and it was so touching to see him do that yeah oh god and i think the the thing about um the sad thing about jimmy stewart is apparently he's a real gun-toting right right but we, See, do, we, we just have to ignore that fact because he, he makes lovely films and he speaks like that. Oh, ah. oh get my gun, Mary. Get my gun, get Mary. My gun, Mary. Yeah, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and Rear Window is the best film. Mm. Rear Window is the best film. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I was going to say ever there. I was tempted, but it's close. Oh, it's pretty good, isn't it? Wait for it. Wait. You were lit beautifully there in a kind of um, Terence Malick kind of golden hour light there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've you've got the backlight, you see. You've got the backlight. I mean, if we were filming these things, we would. This would be premium stuff. This would be a masterclass. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to. It's the classic uh, golden hour or magic hour. Um, Have you ever had to film in golden? Have you ever tried to film specifically? Uh, I haven't personally for one of my things. I think I've been on shoots where, like maybe commercial shoots where we've done that kind of stuff. Yeah. But look, look at the glistening lights of the buildings and stuff. Yeah. When I when I do my run in the morning, I run up, I run from my house all the way up to the top of Valley Pally, and yep. by the time I get there, it's maybe quarter past seven in the morning. Oh, nice. And it's lovely. It's like it's like it looks. I mean, it's darker than this at the moment, but it's it's such a lovely feeling to be kind of awake before everyone and just yeah. seeing all the lights in london this is a lovely view of london isn't it it's like it's, it's got to be one of the yeah. maybe primrose hill, hill do you reckon parliament hill and here, parliament hill is better yeah this is well i don't know about better this is this gives you a wider view i think from the yeah. top you really see a good 270 degrees of london you know or maybe not yeah. quite, but you know it's a good one whereas it's a little bit more framed at the top of Parliament Hill mm. and uh, Primrose Hill, yeah, both yeah. of which I love. But um, this is a this is one this is of the wide angles. angle, maybe. This is the wide angle, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you do a little rocky dance when you get to the top? Uh, I wish I, I wish I had the energy to do a rocky dance. By the time I get to those steps, honestly, it's a killer. Have you seen how steep they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then you do, and then there's steps. There's two sets of steps. But that's where you, you I in don't your think head you hear. I try so hard, but I'm so I'm dead. I'm dead. I can do, I can do on a good day. I can do from my house to the top of the steps without stopping. Yeah, at all. But it's hard because sometimes that 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 is so steep that hill. So it just steep. kills me. I just well, have to stop. There's a reason why I see people doing the fitness thing up there, and that's because it's fucking hard. Oh my god, it's so yeah. hard. 
Well, strangely, one time I did shoot Magic Hour mm. was oh, up was here. you, wasn't it, with for the Graham Clarkson video? Yeah. Yes, of course. So we did we did a documentary, uh, not a documentary. We did a music video for a Graham Coxon from Blur project um, for a charity car, which was the campaign against living miserably, which is a, that was a lovely men- video, mental mate. health charity. Yeah, and you helped out on that. Sort of did first aid dealing on that. And stuff. I did. I had to. Act- uh, uh, do my best attempt to not to be starstruck <laughs> and one of the shots we had to do was up at the top of Ali Pali uh, and it was exactly that it was a dad like yourself middle aged like yourself hate to say it running as hard as he could <laughs> hate to say it getting to the top and nearly dying hate yeah to, hate well to say you know what I know all about that that's and, life that's uh, true life it was, a, it, was a, it was a beautiful shot and we were really lucky because it was um it was a little bit earlier than this time of year, but it was kind of end of November, wasn't it, or something yeah. like that? It, the film got released uh, in December, sort of Christmas type thing, and uh, we got an incredible sunrise over London. And um, it was lovely. I was really lovely shots. Beautiful shots. And like you, put, I, you put me in it as well. I was another depressed. You were dad. another depressed dad. Yeah. Well, there's something <laughs> obviously going on there. <laughs> I was yeah, because you came and filled me. Um, when you were I was working, working at the BBC. BBC. Yeah, so we walked around Shepherd's Bush, which is kind of an intimidating film place to be filmed. Yeah, Shepherd's yeah, Bush yeah. Market and stuff. But it was. We'll stick. We'll stick the video on our YouTube channel. We should. It's about that time of year. It's a Christmassy film about middle-aged male depression. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, as which is very apt. Uh, but yeah, I think it suddenly remembered that we filmed it here, didn't we? And um, mm. um, and it had. Great kind of success in a way of sort of raising profile of the um, charity. And, yeah, brilliant. And um, uh, I'm trying to think of other Magic Hour filming that I've done. I did one that was um, was for a, a kind of a commercial, I guess, um, in a castle in mm. the south coast. And so it was, so we had to be in Sussex. Mm-hmm in the middle of kind of the countryside in a medieval castle at six in the morning in February. Nice. And you can imagine, and we didn't have any nice honey wagons or anything no, like that no. to keep us warm. Uh, and the cast members, the two talent members, two girls, and it was meant to be a wedding, two women getting married. So they were in strappy dresses oh, at fuck seven me. o'clock oh, in the morning, okay. quarter to seven. Uh, and uh, while we ran around with um, gimbals filming okay. filming them dancing in slow motion as you do yeah. is, there again, still, is there still legal cases about this <laughs> pending about yeah. this can we talk about this yeah we, you know we've sold the rushes in in, uh, in dubious dark web forums uh, but no it was for a, uh, a client that uh, I do a lot of film work for Historic England lovely client and uh, but again the chasing of the light and I had, this is how dedicated I was to the um, to the shot, I had gone there on a recce. Yeah. Same time of day. Oh, good. The week before. Very prepared. And figured out where the sun would be and realised that it would go over this turret at this particular moment in the, in the morning. Amazing. And I figured, well, like, on the, a week's time, it will be over there. But, of course, it could have been a grey, cold damp wet day and then the whole shot would have been nothing but we were but we were lucky
And on that note, let's do another magical cracker. Magical cracker? Yeah, you're my, but you've got the kind of holding the cracker grip thing, which means you're always gonna win. I'm gonna try a twist technique. Ah, oh, I just ripped it out of your hand. Here we go, and, oh, it didn't get any sound. So do I read the joke first? Better read the joke first. Yeah, come on, here we go. Where's the joke? I've got the hat. Where's the joke? Where's the joke? Was that a cigarette? No. <laughs> no, that was the bang. I think that was the banger. That was the bang. Sorry, I'm filling up your bag with no, cans. No, that's all right. That's all right. right. Should we make? Break. Should we make that a that's, bin bag? The, oh, there's the joke. The joke's going flying off. Here we go. Right. Yeah. So here's an example. Okay. Here's of the joke, guys. Able to read that. There's no fucking way I can read that. Okay. Can here you read go. that? Oh, I'm having trouble now. <laughs> that might be the second. What gin that's doing do that. you call a bunch of chess? Players bragging about the game in a hotel lobby. Sorry, I read that like I'd <laughs> just come out of a car crash. It was because the light is so low it's and my, so low. my eyes aren't great either. Uh, so what do you call a bunch of chess, chess players uh, bragging about the game in the hotel lobby? You call them chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. That is quite that is so quite sort appalling. Of, That's appalling. a little bit kind of insulting, um, actually. Insulting. <laughs> it's so specific that there's just no way on earth anybody would have ever guessed it. Maybe guessing it's not the point, but at least being funny and not guessing it is definitely I mean, the point. That was the freelancer, wasn't it? Dude? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Okay, so here's the here's the real point of the cracker which is the DIY element mm. so what has been your highlight of the year 2021 oh god I love the way you go oh god like I didn't know that question was no funny. well the thing is I put the questions the thing in. is I put the questions in and I, but I put them in before Christmas no I, no, I, I could have no idea what they were and I, it's not like I haven't prepared any answers which I should have done oh god I really didn't expect oh, one coming funny you ask Karen well let me tell you <laughs> um, oh fucking hell I don't know nope Look how, I'm not distracting from the question, but look how the tower's gone green oh, now. The tower's gone green, yeah. But you are distracting from the question. Yeah, yeah. So My highlights of 2021, I don't know. Because um, it's been another weird year, let's face it. It's been another weird year. I get maybe the, the my highlights have actually been um, fun work that I've done because actually it's, I've been working on your film. Yes. Early in the year. Yeah earlier in the year and we were doing lovely animation for that yeah. and then I jumped from that film to um, uh, Jamie's film yeah Jamie who uh, many moons ago we had on the podcast who is making the film uh, about the Stevie Hyper D Stevie Hyper D Hidden Influence and, and would love to come back on because he's just locked picture um, uh, he is in sound he's final sound design now and so he would love to come, come back on and talk about it because he's had a bit of a mad mad journey with that and i'm sure he'll tell us all yeah about that. yeah yeah but um yeah i jumped on his film as an editor which was weird because i yeah. thought i was being brought on as a graphics guy which is kind of mm. what i hire myself out as mm. for professional work 
and Jamie was like, no, 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 we, you know, we, we saw Chewing Gum Man and we quite liked the way, because see, Jamie's film is all about this guy who's, he's a jungle MC mm. and, but there's a real family element in that. Yeah. It's being, his kind of story is being kind of opened up to us by a family member, by a nephew. So he wanted Following to bring, him around, yeah. he wanted to bring a bit of a kind of this emotional thing into it. So he saw Chewing Gum Man, he kind of said, maybe you could do it similar, similar to Chewing Gum mm. Man, do a similar thing. And I had no, no idea I was being brought on as an editor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've never edited a feature film, but fine, let's yeah. do it. And it was actually such a brilliant, brilliant experience. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I wish I could have done more time on the film. I just couldn't. I, I only had like a couple of weeks booked with him. And then mm. after that, I had to jump back on other work. And, and he... Um, but you know, he 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 had another editor come on, and then he kept sending me cuts, and just wanted me to kind of oversee things and check things mm. were kind of looking good. So I think, in a way, it was loved. This year's been lovely because I've been working on feature films, which yep. is great. Yeah, and then trying yeah. to set up Old Man, which has become a feature film. So it suddenly feels like there's like loads of feature films going on yeah. that we're kind of just doing and making, and it's all kind of sprung out of. Yeah. Nowhere, it seems. Yeah, yeah. But, well, um, I guess nothing ever sort of springs out of nowhere because it is the. Mm. You, it's a long time of of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and then things pop into life, don't they? Let's leave it there for episode one. There's Aaron and me being very, very Christmassy and philosophical on a park bench as the sun goes down. We will park it here and we will pick up again in episode 25, Perini and Black Box Recorder Part 2. I will see you then. Follow us on Twitter at DIY Cinema Cult or on Instagram we are DIY underscore cinema underscore cult. The DIY Cinema Cult group on Facebook, or why not email us at DIY Cinema Cult at gmail.com? Follow us. 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 Follow us